BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You just have to pause and look around and be like, this is my life right now. Everything kind of feels like it's one of those sports center commercials that like you're just eating and all of a sudden like an NBA MVP walks by and you're just like eating your tacos for Taco Tuesday. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> From the Fox 6 Studios, this is definitely Milwaukee. Conversations with the movers and shakers that put our slice of Wisconsin on the map in the worlds of entertainment, business, sports, and more. I'm Carl Deffenbaugh. Life in the NBA's bubble. While the rest of us watch from afar, DJ Shauna is immersed in the most fascinating sports experiment of 2020. Shauna Nichols grew up in Milwaukee, a star on the court herself at Pius High, who went on to play for Wisconsin and professionally overseas. She's also become one of the top entertainers in the state as the official DJ for the Bucks, the Badgers, and more. In addition to finding out what life is actually like in the bubble, we get into the surreal moment she opened for Lizzo at Summerfest, the inspiration behind her Dare to Be brand, and her lifelong obsession with Peter Pan. So fittingly, I guess, let's fly away to Neverland in Disney World with DJ Sean. Joining us now from what is usually the most magical place on earth and for the last few weeks has been the most fascinating place on earth for many of us as sports fans, DJ Shauna, Shauna Nichols down in the NBA's bubble in Disney. Great to see you. Great to uh, hang out with you for a little bit here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Honestly, it's an honor and the smile. I don't know if people can see it, but I hope they can feel it. It's genuine and it's wonderful to see your face and hear your voice. So thank you. The, the connections, I think, have been so important to people during all of this. Uh, mm-hmm. The bubble is, is this such an interesting thing that the NBA has started so far. It's going well down there. Also, I'd love to just learn about life there for all of us who are watching it from afar. Uh, so first of all, how did you get to be a part of this? Because even some of the Bucks broadcasters are doing their job from Milwaukee. So how did you as the official DJ for the team get to be part of the action down there in Orlando? Well, I'm really good friends with Peter Pan. Um, so, but uh, he put a good word in with Mickey and it went down the chain. But, um, you know, honestly, I got a, a text from Johnny Watson, who is my main point person with the Milwaukee Bucks. And he said, would you go to Orlando for the restart? And without a doubt, I said yes. And so I think flat out the NBA asked um, if I was interested. I said yes. And I'm here. There's four DJs here. And so it's, it's very surreal. It's very crazy. And it's just such a huge, huge, huge honor to be here with Johnny. Um, obviously, our bucks themselves, and um, to be a part of all of this. Absolutely, that's cool. I yeah. didn't realize it was just four, so a pretty select yeah. company there. I know it's very weird. What is kind of a day-to-day life for you, both in terms of uh, what you have to do professionally, what your responsibilities are, and then obviously health has been at the at the forefront of all of this for the NBA. Absolutely, that's a great question. So. Every, every single day I wake up and I go through our health and safety protocols and that is the, our check-in and the, the MVA has 
not taking any shortcuts. Every day, frankly, I wake up and I feel safe. Um, I, I go through my, my health check-in in the morning. I put my mask on and I walk um, and go and get tested every single day, which I recognize is such a ridiculous privilege to have right now at the moment. Um, and we have our Disney magic bands. And so we kind of scan in at there's certain checkpoints throughout the bubble itself. And then at ESPN, and if for some reason it doesn't pop up green, if it doesn't populate green, you'll have a health check-in, um, person there and we'll, we'll figure out like kind of what was going on for that day. Um, but that's from like the safety sort of protocol that it just feels like it's been done right. Um, but then it depends on the day we've been uh, averaging about two NBA games a day. So I don't work every single Bucks home game. I've had a scrimmage and I did work the Nets game the other day. And so I am primarily at the visa center. And so any team that comes through that has been designated the home team, I'm a, a technically their DJ. So I've DJed for the Suns and I've DJed for Washington and the Spurs and the Pacers and Memphis and um, you know, the Sixers and, it, the list goes on. And so it's really cool from a music standpoint to be a part of these teams and these different sounds throughout the league um, to hopefully add value ultimately to the player experience. Yeah, I was going to ask how you kind of cater it uh, in the bubble versus what you would do at a Bucks game, whether it's specific to a, a different team than you're normally the main person for, or is it more for the, the players in arena or is it more for the broadcast experience? Like who are you catering all this to? You know, that's a really good question. I think, I mean, if you come to, if you go to any athletic event, if you walk into any locker room, it doesn't matter when, where, fifth grade, professional, Olympics, everybody's got music on. So for me, I've been a basketball player my whole life and music and basketball, it's just a part of the culture. So I think the answer is both, frankly. So music starts for player warmups as it always does. If you get to a Bucks game early, um, before doors open, uh, there's music playing. And that's for, for the players from shoot-around standpoint, from, a, again, a culture standpoint. Like, you go to a practice, right? Like, music is often blaring, and these guys are just going through their workouts, and it's what we do, right? We put headphones in when we go to the gym. So I think from that standpoint, it's to add value to, and just keep things as normal as possible like they are try to keep everything we possibly can within our control to make it feel like you're not in ESPN wide world of sports and not at Pfizer. So, but then also it is to add value hopefully because there's only so many of us that can physically be here and the majority of people are watching it on broadcast. And so um, I think it's, it's a little bit of both, frankly. I was definitely one who was hoping for more like just natural sound, just the player trash talk and whatnot, but it has translated well. The broadcast. Have, have That's good. <laughs> I think Carmelo gave us a pretty good reason why we had to turn up our, our music and the, the crowd effects the other day. So shout out Melo. <laughs> and some of the, uh, because as much as you try to make it normal, it, it is a very different circumstance. Yeah. So, down there what have been some of the situations you found yourselves in whether it's like walking by a player whether it's you know having this meal at this area that have just been like wow this is this is pretty strange of down here in disney yeah um it, i think the coolest part is, is frankly so at i'm at coronado resort um and it, we all live here in the same space so the bucks are just down the way at there at the ho at the player hotel and so it's a really cool very surreal world that, you know, I just walked to breakfast and 
you just, you naturally walk by people and I'm from Milwaukee. So I say hi to nearly everybody from our Disney security and um, the Disney staff and workers that are here to whomever player may, may walk past as well. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. But I think at the same time, you know, we're all here working and it's just, you, you recognize and I respect their space and, um, you know, I'd love to hear, you know, when you talk to Giannis, if he's walked past me too. So, you know, like, have you, have you seen DJ Sean on and said hi to her? <laughs> um, His number, I'd love to reach out and get him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's very surreal because it's inevitable. We're, we're sharing the same space, but everybody is very respectful. And it's just, it's, it's, again, you, you, you just have to pause and look around and be like, this is my life right now. Yeah. yeah, it's less of a, I imagine at some point it's less of like, a, oh, I'm on a business trip. And no, I just, I kind of live in Disney for however long this goes. It's like an elaborated sports center commercial is kind of how we feel like that, you know, like has merged with the NBA and Disney. And it's like this on, we joke about that, that everything kind of feels like it's one of those sports center commercials that like, you're just eating and all of a sudden like an NBA MVP walks by and you're just like eating your tacos for Taco Tuesday. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bron, who's a big fan of Taco Tuesday? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been fun to see the content, honestly. And every Tuesday, you know, I, I have yet to have a Laker game on a Tuesday to play the Taco Tuesday song, but I, I, if it happens, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get into a little bit about uh, just your background and kind of the way you were able to create this career, this life for yourself. And you kind of mentioned it, maybe that's the answer, but music's always a part of sports, always a part of locker rooms. What is it about DJing especially that kind of hooked you early on and has kept you pursuing this as a, as a career for so long? That's a great question. Thanks. Um, so I've been a basketball player for as long as I remember. I joke about coming out of the womb with a basketball in my hand, bless my mother's heart. Um, and so I, I, I'm a Milwaukee kid. I went to Pius and then I went and played basketball at Wisconsin and I'm a Badger. <laughs> a little bit three-time state champion at Pius and the Wisconsin Gatorade Player of the Year, but you know. Well, Thanks, Carl. Thank you. Thank you. But, um, and then I, I was fortunate enough to chase a dream and I got to play professional basketball. And frankly, after I graduated from undergrad, I, so I always preface this and it's kind of a funny way to preface it, but I've never drank alcohol in my life. It just wasn't a part of, of who I was and what I, I just didn't do it. And so after undergrad, I was hanging out with peers and the, as most 22 year olds do, they go to bars and I just, I'm really socially awkward. I didn't know what to do with my hands. Like water wasn't enough for people around me. So I started playing with turntables. And that has literally from Walker's Pint on second and national to when before the pandemic, I'm there on Saturdays if we don't have a Bucks home game. Um, that's where it all started. And it just, I was terrible, Carl, like awful. But like it was my, the, the owner of the bar, Betsy became one of my dear friends and inspirations and she believed in me she gave me a chance and things just as i'm sure you understand it's it literally carl is the epitome of i just haven't quit and doors just continue to open and i think by the default of the ten thousand hours i just i kind of got to be good at djing and um you know when opportunities come up i just i say yes and i feel so grateful and so live entertainment is what i'm doing now um happened for me a little over four years ago. And it started at Marquette with coach Carolyn Keeger at the time who I played against when I was at Wisconsin. And she brought me in and we had been talking about like having a DJ for their games for like a year and a half. Honestly, she was all geeked up about it. I kept like being Keegs, you need a DJ. Like the bucks have a DJ, like the, everybody's got a DJ, you need a DJ. And she was like, I know we need a DJ. And so she made it happen. And 
that's ironically when um, sort of my, my career started with the Bucks as well. I was doing support for the Bucks, and I had like seven games that season, and, and I was at Bradley Center still. And so when you would walk in, scan your tickets, I was the one making loud noise at the Brad, some, you know, one of the many DJs we had at the time making noise at, at the Bradley Center to hopefully add value to your experience. And so things just kind of continue to open up. And um, I became the women's final four official DJ. I Wisconsin called and they wanted me to come back to Wisconsin. So I became the, the Badgers football, men's and women's basketball official DJ. I got to do the College World Series, which was an incredible experience in Oklahoma. Um, the list kind of goes on and on in the relationship that I've built with the NCAA. And then the Bucks just continue to give me more opportunities. And I'm in the bubble now. <laughs> yeah i so i think moral of the story carl is like you just can't quit because i think eventually everybody else is going to quit you just gotta you just gotta be there keep smiling and just keep showing up and do your job keep powering through i like it um, yeah. one, of the, one of the quotes i found from you that i, I thought was kind of cool is comparing yourself as a guard back in the day on the court to what you do now whether it's in a bar and you're trying to connect and distribute yeah everyone there and keep them entertained or i would imagine in the course of a game too you maybe have a better feel for what music is needed what what emotion is needed in the arena because you've played in so many of those big time games well thank you for thinking you know the games in in holland were big time i appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i feel you know it wasn't something i thought about until um i think johnny brought it up to me who i work with at the books and it's something to me that is just, it's just there until you, until somebody says it. Right. And so I don't know what it's not, what it's like to not be a basketball player, to not think about, this is a big possession right now. Like we need a big defense. We need, I need to get the crowd involved because I, you know, that's, that's what, I mean, psychology says we play better in front of people, right? We play better when we know people are watching people, especially people we love and care about. And when you even here in the bubble, that crowd noise will build up with intensity as the game gets more intense. And so it's hopefully, I don't know what it feels like to play here right now, but I do know what it feels like to stand on the court and hear it. And it gave me goosebumps. Um, So I hope that helps. I I think it does, you know, and I think from the point guard perspective, I have to see and hear everything. You know, I have, I say voices in my head, I'm on headset, which is a whole group of people that are having conversations about things that are happening, things that are going to happen next. I'm watching the game and what's happening there, thinking about, again, maybe a play or two ahead, like what prompt are we going to need? We got a timeout coming up and then also queuing up the music for this immediate possession at the same time. So after games, I'm a little tired. To say the least. <laughs> different gears moving in different directions at once it seems like there's a lot of filters happening yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. uh one of the other quotes that i saw from you actually from a story you did with us with tim van Boren, our sports guy i love this especially because you referenced peter pan to start off. i'm literally a living version of peter pan i don't <laughs> give up and you have yeah. over all these years now i know shout out tim because you know we could uh man that guy I have so much respect and he is one of the I feel lucky because you look again he he tells me more about my basketball career than I think I remember and so I appreciate guys like that um but yeah I have I've had Peter Pan tattooed on me and so it's it's very again I keep saying surreal and I apologize for the redundancy but I haven't found another word yet that to chase a dream it's a non um, DJing is a non-normative job and how many times I have had even still like you make look at me and people ask like i make a career out of this like what else do you do 
and it's been something that I've done full time and I, I just, I, I love it. And if I can't play professional basketball, this is what I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it just, I, like I said, I'm so grateful for the opportunities that I continue to have come my way. And, um, my, I just, I can't, I can't stop smiling, frankly. So I hope Peter Pan is proud. <laughs> I imagine one of, the, uh, one of the more surreal moments you've had is walking out at Summerfest to open for Lizzo. Oof. Where does that rank? Because you've got a lot of career highlights. Where does that rank? And, and any good memories from that night when you got to kind of get this huge crowd ready for one of the best acts we've had come here through Milwaukee? Carl, that was, especially when you look at it, like in this moment, and it, frankly, like a, a little holding back tears right now because... I have my Summerfest hat on right now. Like I feel for Summerfest. I feel for every, like our, I feel for Milwaukee, you know, like our city took a huge hit, I think, um, you know, with this pandemic and everything that has happened. And so to have that have happened, you know, Summerfest a year, over a year ago is, is just one of those experiences again, that I'm so grateful for the relationship that Summerfest and I have and to have had that opportunity. And I didn't expect that. So I was, I was so lucky to have um, my friends there and some videographers and they captured the moment. And it was, it was probably the worst weather day we had at Summerfest that day. Of course. It was, it was, it, honestly, it was the, we got put in like held in rotation um, in the parking lot. We couldn't even get into Summerfest because they shut all the stages down. So Summerfest was quiet, which I've never heard of or I remember happening. And so everything, you know, as again, live entertainment is out of your hands, everything started to just kind of like, you're just like, what happens happens, right? I could go on, I couldn't go on, I might not go on at all. Like, and then I eventually get to go on and I set up my gear. And Carl, I kid you not. So I went into the show. I, it's not I didn't look at it, it wasn't my show. This was Lizzo's. This was Lizzo's stage. I'm just here as a placeholder to hopefully like, again, add value to how long these people have been waiting to see Lizzo. And now through like torrential rain that shut Summerfest down. So I was like, I just want to make them have a good time. They've been here all day. They're literally soaking wet head to toe. And you get to see one of the biggest stars at that moment for free at Summerfest. And I walk out there, Carl, and I started crying and they were chanting my name, which I would have never have ever, ever, ever guessed or bet money on. And it's one of my favorite sets that I have ever done. I still have like the, the, my, my box, if you will, in, in my DJ um, program that I use of the songs that I played. And when I get stuck, I often go to that, um, that record crate, if you will, and, and pull songs from there because it sometimes like helps from an inspiration standpoint, but that is something I will never forget. And I can't thank Summerfest enough for giving me that opportunity as a Milwaukee kid to open for Lizzo. At the world's largest music festival. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I found interesting listening to some interviews that, that you've done as well is your pretty strict schedule in terms of uh, your routine daily, you know, making sure you get sleep, making sure you meditate and work out as well. Now, I was yeah. why, because uh, I've heard that from a few different people, that, that can be kind of a game changer in some ways, that, that time to focus, that time to kind of center yourself. What has that been like for you over the years as a, as a way to promote your health? Yeah, that's a, I love that you brought that up because I think it is, it's important to, to take care of ourselves. And I think my personality type, again, is after Lizzo, I was exhausted because I think I put so much out there I, that, that it's just like my heart and everything. So the way I DJ, I genuinely, I love to DJ with, 
love. Like I want you to feel love. And that sounds maybe cheesy and corny and cliche, no matter what, if I'm playing like hard hip hop or pop or EDM, like I always want there to be, to feel like that love and you're going to look at the person next to you and you're going to become best friends if, if you didn't come to that show or that event together. And so I literally just feel like I put my heart out there in the music that I play. And so even with box games, I'm putting everything out there to hopefully add value, not only to the player's experience, but when we're at five server, the final four to every single person in that building to add value to that because it ultimately is entertainment. So for me, I have to recharge. And so meditating, even if it's honestly like 10 minutes of just breathing, I like guided meditation on focusing or letting go. And often it's a scan from head to toe and you kind of touch base with everything. And, and you, once you start to learn to focus on certain parts, I can slow my heart rate down, which makes me be able to focus better. It, it really, in that moment, it, it's, it's phenomenal to shut everything down in 10 minutes, but then it helps me be able to focus when I really need to laser in and, you know, the bucks were coming down and it's a tie game with 10 seconds left. And I have three different options of what can happen in this next 10 seconds to be ready to hopefully make the right decision, um, you know, in a reaction to, to what happens. So it's something that I'm really glad I got into. And I highly suggest for, for anybody that, Actually, everybody, frankly. <laughs> That's cool to hear. Everyone can yeah. find it. Um, One of the last things I wanted to ask you about was the, the Dare to Be campaign, pod, clothing line, everything like that. And I think it goes back to what you were saying about a, a place of love. And that's where a lot of this starts from. Because it does seem to be a way to push people to find their inspiration, find what they really want to chase. And you obviously have been chasing something that's a dream for you for so long. So is there a message that you like to share from that? Where does that campaign or that push come from as a way to hopefully inspire other people to, to really chase something that may seem pretty far out there, but could still be attainable? It's a great question. And immediately I started to think about Peter Pan again, and I know we can, you know, I laugh about it, but to be, to be very candid with you, Carl, I spent a lot of hours with my therapist digesting and dissecting my obsession with Peter Pan. And it's crazy what happens when you start to look at these things. And um, it's, and and then again, I apologize because I'm a feelings person, but it chokes me up a little bit to think of helping or feeling sometimes like what Peter Pan refers to as a lost boy and to feel like you sometimes just don't fit into this box that has been labeled as normal. Right. And I'm never judging or making people who find that having a nine to five job, I'm never judging that. It just wasn't for me. And I just knew I didn't fit into that section of the world, if that made sense. So it felt like this whole blueprint that really didn't exist. I just kind of kept building as I went on and dare to be literally is to inspire you to be your absolute best self because it's something that I need to remind myself every single day is that I get to make the rules up as I go and um it just it keeps working out thankfully <laughs> like frankly we're i'm doing all right and um but it genuinely like you said that the the logo itself is a stick figure with a heart and i joke that i've never been a really good artist but everybody interprets that in in their own way and that's what it's meant to be is for you to take it and make it so today 
um, I'm daring to be um, awake because I've worked six days in a row and have had 11 NBA basketball games in those six days. And, you know, and, and tomorrow it's going to be dare to be focused or dare to, you know, dare to be strong and whatever that is, it's, it's something to inspire you and me to be my absolute best self and be in this moment. I think we realized why you're one of four DJs at Disney, the lifelong obsession with Peter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shauna, thank you so much. Say hello to Giannis and the boys for us. And uh, I we'll promise. The, all the music you're pumping out there from down in Orlando. Carl, I can't thank you enough. I hope you are well. I hope you're safe. Stay healthy, okay? Will do. Thank you once again to Shauna Nichols for all the insight from Orlando. And a thank you to two people you don't hear from behind the scenes. That would be Dave Machuda and Sarah Smith, who do so much work to put together this podcast each and every episode, along with the podcast from the Fox 6 Investigators, Open Record. If you'd like more from either of those, we ask you to please leave a rating and a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform, or you can check out all of the episodes on our website at fox6now.com. Wow.